AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH. Solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. And by Grounded. Spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. Headlines in the ag markets came from the sell side of the markets with live cattle contracts trading limit down, beans following bean oil to the downside, corn sliding lower, and wheat futures turning mid-morning gains into closing losses. Cotton found a way to trade higher, along with slight gains in front-month hogs. Live on an autumnal Monday via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, our guest analyst is Carl Setzer of Consus Ag Consulting. Later, we'll get a chart update from Kerry Artek of Artek Advisory. And right after the news with Michelle Rook, Jack Scoville of the Price Futures Group will share price action perspective. I'm producer Big Apple Joe Stackler. And now, the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right. Thank you so much, Big Apple Joe. That's a full agenda for this afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, I'm out of breath. Yeah. You okay? I'll be all right. Okay, go get that deep breath, and uh, everything will be just fine. Welcome to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Monday afternoon. Uh, rain this morning in the in, in eastern Iowa. Sunshine this afternoon. It's still a little damp out there. It's not uh, not like we're drying everything out, but we've got some sunshine. We've got 70 degrees. It's a beautiful fall day, and as I said this morning, the colors are out in full force right now in northern Iowa. Glad you're with us. Um, we've got uh, Michelle Rook is in for Davis today. Davis has got a day off. So, Michelle, how are you this afternoon? Well, I'm doing much better than the markets, I think. Boy, uh, I, yeah, Michelle and I were chatted very, very briefly earlier uh, today about what's happening in this cattle trade, and and it it – Really, that slight, that negative cattle on feed report on Friday just really exposed the vulnerabilities in live cattle futures, didn't it? Yeah, obviously that placements category was well above expectations, but the rest of the report didn't do us much good either. And then the funds all kind of hit the sell orders today or hit yeah. headed for the door at the same time and started liquidating and I'm not so sure some of these outside market fears aren't part of it, too. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, let's get to the news. What do you got? Well, we'll start off with uh, December soft red winter wheat. Futures opening fractionally higher slipped to spike support at Friday's low and then pushed up to moderate gains at mid-morning. Futures pulled back from there but still held on to slight gains. Now, wheat export inspections in the week ending October 19th totaling 169,000 metric tons, and that did fall short of trade expectations. Speculation that exportable supplies from Ukraine will continue to increase limited buying in wheat futures and ideas that more Russian wheat will also be available anchored wheat prices. December HRW wheat futures were three quarters of a cent higher at 670 and three quarters. December SRW wheat up a penny and a quarter to 587 and a quarter. December spring wheat futures closed at 737 and three quarters 
up seven cents on the day. Yeah, not really a lot of fresh news in the wheat market today. Just kind of rehashing some of the same old stuff and and taking a closer look at uh, some of the global fundamentals. Yeah, just hearing maybe slight rumors that maybe China might be looking for some spring wheat. But again, that's just a rumor. Good. All right. December corn futures gap lower firm to close the gap, then fell to close near session lows. Ongoing harvest and hedge pressure and reports of raining key production areas in Argentina, limited buying throughout the session. Export inspections of corn in the week ending October 19th, totaling nearly 438,000 metric tons. That was in line with trade expectations, but not strong enough to encourage buyers. A dollar plus drop in crude oil futures also weighed on corn prices. So these corn futures, five and a quarter cents lower at 490 and a quarter March close down to nickel at 504. Yeah, we're going to have a conversation with Jordan Fife from BioUrge about what's going on in this crude oil market. Yeah. But the outside markets, as you mentioned regarding cattle, the outside markets do seem to be having an influence over the ag trade right now. Absolutely. It it does impact money flow, no doubt about it. Yep. And the lower crude oil futures you mentioned also pulling down soybean oil prices and encouraged selling in soybean futures today. Bean prices were just slightly lower at mid-morning, but then ended the day on session lows with front month beans well under the pivotal $13 level. Price pressure came despite export inspections of beans for the week of October 19th at 2.46 million metric tons. That was a big one. And that was on the top end of trade expectations. The sell-off in bean oil hedge pressure Rain in Argentina and lower palm oil prices also weighed on soybeans. And Brazil's northern production areas, they're still hot and dry, but forecasters see improved chances for rain from now into early November. And November beans down 15 and a quarter cents at 1286 and three quarters. GN beans down 14 and three quarters at 1305 and a half. Yeah, the South American situation, and I'm going to talk with Jack about it here in just a moment. Uh, But the South American situation, I think, is going to be capturing a lot more market attention as we go forward here, Michelle. You bet there's some weather issues both in the north and the south, but for opposite reasons. Yep, yep. And December cotton was 133 higher or 133 points higher at 88.73 on the day. Interesting considering crude oil was down as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Live cattle futures gap lower, as we mentioned, and opened on session highs and then dropped like a rock to trade sharply lower to limit down. Today was the lowest close in the December live cattle since June 21. Now, the mm-hmm. cattle on feed report on Friday featured bigger than expected placements, as we talked about. And so these live cattle Futures 627 and a half lower at 178.35. Fed futures were limit down 675 at 180.97 and a half. And Novi feeders at 642 and a half down to 3580. Front month lean hog futures also posted an inside day with two, with a close just slightly above the opening range. These hogs at 17 and a half higher, 66, 17 and a half were just barely off the contract yeah. lows. Beb Hogs were down 22 and a half to 7020. And that's your news. Perfect, Michelle. Thank you so much. You we'll talk to you later. You, All right. You bet. Let's Thanks. bring Bye. in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. How you doing, Jack? Hey, it's fabulous. A fabulous day here for a Monday and um, <laughs> kind of a quiet day, but at least the sun's out, so we're enjoying yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoying it a ton over here as well. This pressure on the soy complex, how much of that are you you? looking at South America and saying that's a result of that? Well, I'd say it's at least half of the situation, yeah. uh, half of the reason for the market to be down. 
there are some forecasts for somewhat better weather to start appearing in central Brazil. Um, doesn't look like it's going to really solve much, but you never know, you know, rain in the forecast when you're trying to promote a drought brings a reaction period, the end. And uh, we've seen that. And I think the other one is just up here with, uh, the good weather, the drier weather that we're seeing up here, at least for a few more days. And then, um, a lot of harvest activity getting done. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, did you see the news that we've got another crush facility coming in? This one in, in Ohio, Louis Dreyfus putting one up. That's good news for the market, isn't it? Oh yeah. Well, it's all good news. Anytime you get another processor, whether it's corn or soybeans going, uh, that's another source, uh, that's another source of demand. So, yep. uh, I view it as yep. a very positive sign and I think the entire market did as well. Yeah. And I, it, it feels to me like that is something that the market is, the bean market in particular is really going to have to work to account for this expansion in capacity going forward. So, all right, buddy. Oh, hey, yeah, thanks. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Okay, great. All right, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. Okay, Carl Setzer is up next. Carl is with Consus Ag Management. He'll join me next right here on AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad you're with us on this Monday afternoon. Okay, we're going to be talking about all things grain markets. And if he wants to get into something that's going on in the livestock, we can do that to Carl Setzer, Consus Ag Consulting. Carl, welcome back to AgriTalk, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Chip. How are you today? Doing real fine, real fine. Change in identification, now with Consus <laughs> Ag Consulting. 
Cancer Tell me about said, that. It's uh, actually, it's uh, you may have heard of her, Angie Setzer. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, we decided we should uh, maybe instead of uh, not necessarily competing against each other, but, you know, I mean, we're doing the same thing, work for the same goal and, so her and I have uh, started Consus Egg Consulting. Uh, you know, you can find more of it at uh, cons- consusegg.net and uh, check us out. But uh, uh, we're going to be doing uh, mostly consulting, risk management on the cash side of the market, but uh, okay. still putting out our, our uh, commentary as usual, Chip. All right. So if I call you up and say to you, Carl, what can you do for me? What are you going to tell me? Uh, first of all, I'm going to ask you what you need done, Chip. And, uh, you know, I mean, we can, we're, you know, we're pretty much full service. We can do anything that, that anybody wants. And that's not just on the uh, uh, farm selling side. We can do, you know, origination. Um, we can get guys set up with, uh, you know, brokerage accounts. We can do risk management. We have access to OTC. We have pretty much anything anybody would want. Cool. Cool. Well, and and uh, maybe some of the most extensive cash market experience that that I'm aware of in the business, dude. Uh, you, we we do a lot of, of cash marketing. Of course, you know, I yeah. and you pretty big in the the eastern corn belt here, especially in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And you know, I had my 20, 25 year stint in, in Iowa doing uh, risk management on the cash side. So that's yeah. kind of what sets us apart from everybody else, Chip, is we, we, we're more, more cash focused yep. than, than the future side. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you know, one thing that I've always said, and I know that you believe it as well, when things get really tough, the futures markets just kind of tune, turn off and turns the job over to the cash market where where the hard work in the in the grain markets really gets done so that's cool that's cool that's so. you know chip year year in and year out you know let's face it the futures market doesn't pay the bills the cash market does yep. and we feel that's where a guy should maybe put a little bit more of his emphasis and yeah. uh, it's you know, a good adventure carl even with insurance even with insurance you know i have always said that 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 crop insurance can be the base of a risk management plan, but you still, I think some people are figuring it out right now, but you still have to do your best job possible of marketing to maximize your returns. Chip, you just, you just hit it on the head. You, you do have crop insurance and it provides, you know, a, a somewhat of a safety net, but it's mm-hmm. not a marketing plan. And right. and even you can look at the, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't cover 100% of your bushels, you know, most plans, and you know, even with buy-ups. And you look at it, and, and I'm one of these chips that maybe I'm old school, but, you know, when it comes to cash marketing, um, you know, you keep it simple. And yeah. really, the more simple you get, you can you can have a really good cash marketing plan and risk risk manage yourself in unprofitability rather quickly. Um, I do, you know, like you said, the, 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 the crop insurance, the revenue, it's a tool, but it's one tool in the entire toolbox of what yep. a farmer has in front of it. It's yep. like, 
half the time, you know, a farmer tells me, well, I bought options once and they expired worthless. Did you use them to their potential? Again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, waste of money, them option things. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it all depends how you use them and, and you can't just buy it and then just sit there and, 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 you know, hope it turns out good for you. It does take right. a little bit of effort. And that's what we're really focusing on is to, good. you know, even just to educate guys on the tools they have available to them. Um, yeah. you know, there's so many out there really to kind of cut through the clutter and really help a guy determine what he needs for his operation, not his neighbor, not the guy down the street, not the guy on Twitter, but his yeah. operation. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, Carl. Um, last week, uh, Thursday, even into Friday. Boy, there was a lot of talk about the low is in in corn, and then we had Friday's close. We got today's pressure on corn, and and I'm I don't know if I'm hearing the bottom is in quite as much as what I was hearing before. You know, Chip, look at it, and and, and we go back, and you know, four four sixty seven, we hit that here in mid September on corn, four sixty seven and a half on that Dece contract, and we rallied off it, and we put in a low, you know, just here the first part of October, uh, you know, twelve fifty on soybeans, and and immediately, like you said, everybody, well, the low is in. Well, mm -hmm. it may be, but that does also does not mean that we're just going to rally off them levels either. We can trade sideways, and, and this market has a real strong tendency of trading sideways. Um, to see that happen wouldn't surprise me. I, I can't say that the low is in, you know, definitely, and seasonally we should be putting a low in, both corn and soybeans. But I'll tell you, the, the, the technical – uh, you know, the way the chart looked last Friday after we, we poked up and went all the way up 1320 on soybeans, couldn't hold it. And now we're all of a sudden, you know, south side of 13, same on D corn. We broke your head above that, you know, five bucks. There was no buy stops there, no buy yeah, stops at all. Nothing, nothing. And <laughs> I, that tells me that the activity that took us there was, was short covering, not fresh buying. And the question is now is where where would those buy orders be layered in? Because if you're not finding them at the hundred day moving average, and you're not finding them at you know thirteen and five dollars respectively, you got to start asking yourself where are those buy stops, and and on how much are we going to have to claw up to get them, or do we have to break to the downside to uncover something that will give us enough momentum to move us higher? Yeah, yeah. Uh couple of other questions that I got today. Uh, was that it for the October rally in corn? One close above five bucks. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, I was getting comments like that. It, uh, it, it just seems like a sideways range bound affair yet. You know, Chip, one of the things that we have to come to grips with, and, and this is a, d a difficult is to yeah. separate the U.S. market from the global market because there is two very big different ways of looking at everything there. And, and you know, and I'll look at, you know, let's look at soybeans because that's where it's the most obvious. Okay. U.S. soybean supply, you know, our stocks to use 5.2%. We are still in a rationing position on soybeans in the United States. 
stocks use on the global level, we're going to be putting in the highest stocks to use in six years to this year mm-hmm. with that South American crop that's coming at us. Now we can make the case that it hasn't been harvested yet. And I get that. I mean, it's still being planted, but the potential is there to raise global soybean production almost 30 million metric tons this year. Now that's a huge turnaround from what we had, but we look at that and all of a sudden the United States isn't the game player that it was. And you look at our export performance and it just hasn't been that great here lately on soybeans. It's perked up, but it is nothing like it was last year or the year before. And, you know, we just don't have mother China in here buying every offer that we're throwing out. That tells me that, you know, maybe $13 is a little too rich on soybeans right now. Hmm. You know, the the meal market, the way that it has been traded, well, the way that it traded last week, gained about 9% in value in one week, um, did not want to break today until later in the session. Are you hearing anything about some additional meal demand coming in from Philippines or Vietnam or anywhere like that? I, I, it's, I think it's bound to happen, Chip, and I think the market's preparing for it. I mean, you look at, you know, basically right off Argentina. Argentina's not going to have meal to put out until, you know, March, April. Um, it's going to be a while before we get much meal out of Argentina. And, you know, we all know that they're the number one supplier to the yeah. global market. Brazil, only running at about 20% of their crush capacity um, I think we have some, some demand coming at us, but I just think the market's waiting back. We've ran up, and okay. it's like, okay, now show us that demand. Okay. All right. Excellent, Carl. We're going to continue the conversation. Uh, we're going to stay in Brazil when we come back. Carl, talk a little bit about growing conditions, what it looks like there. Carl Setzer, Consacite Consulting here on AgriTalk. Let's go to the markets page at profarmer.com to recap today's trade. December HRW wheat futures three quarters of a cent higher, 670 and three quarters. December SRW wheat up a penny and a quarter to 587 and a quarter. December corn futures five and a quarter cents lower, 490 and a quarter. March corn down a nickel to 504. November soybeans 15 and a half cents lower, 1286 and three quarters. January beans down 14 and three quarters to 1305 and a half. December cotton was 133 points higher at 8373. On the livestock side, December live cattle futures down 627. Wow, to 178.35. November feeders down 642 and a half to 235.80. December lean hogs 17 and a half higher at 6617 and a half. Give them a look. Try ProFarmer.com. <coughs> Hello? Man, where are you? I thought you were coming. I can't. I'm in bed with the flu. <coughs> the flu? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grandma's about to crowd, sir. Man, I'll call you back. Don't get stuck at home with the flu. A flu shot is safe, effective, and you can get it at the same time as your COVID-19 vaccine. A flu shot is the best way to prevent the flu and its potentially serious complications. Don't get flu FOMO. Learn more at GetMyFluShot.org. Brought to you by the AMA, CDC, and the Ad Council. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. 
We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Shift like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. We're in the middle of a conversation with today's guest analyst, Carl Setzer, Consus Ag Consulting. Uh, Carl, we were talking about those overall supplies and you know some big global supplies of soybeans because of big south american crops we got two two very different situations going in south america right now jack kind of hinted at it we got some really wet conditions down in the southern part of the of the country um that caused some issues with the planting progress there, and then up in the north cent- the the northern production areas in the central part of Brazil, just really dry and kind of that typical El Nino start to a growing season down in Brazil. Uh, it 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 has felt like that has helped to keep bean prices elevated for a while. But, boy, man, if it starts to rain here and and we get a couple of weeks of showers, that's going to take a lot of support out of the bean market, isn't it? Yeah, Chip, I I definitely think it is. And the thing we got to look at is, you know, you you look at the total planting pace in Brazil and 30% of that soybean crop is in. Okay. You know, last year we were at 34% and the whole country was dry. I mean, we were dry in Brazil last year. Yeah. So really, 
All things considered, we are not that far off from last year or the average pace. I mean, we're very close to it. There, there are. There's pockets in Brazil that are, are not that great. I mean, you know, yeah, we have, you know, in the south, big rains, it's wet. Probably going to see some reseeding. You know, the whole thing is, though, Chip, out of everybody, you know, and everything I read, the people who are getting the least excited about the weather in Brazil are the Brazilians. <laughs> they're not, you know, I mean, they're not near as excited. And, yeah, it's, it's you know, the thing is, you got to look at, you know, look at Brazil, look at the size of it. We've talked about this, but, you know, if we're a little bit dry in, you know, Minnesota, it doesn't necessarily affect the market if we're getting good rains in Indi- Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa, the three eyes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's kind of the, keep that in mind when you think about Brazil. I mean, okay. in, in Mato Grosso, nobody's really complaining there too much. And that's where your most planning is taking place. And that's also where your biggest production comes from. So, Brazil is no different than the United States. You sit here and say, well, we have some problems in the fringe areas, but in the heart, it's pretty good. Now, you're right. We, we're going to need some rains in Brazil. And this, the you know, the, the La Nina is gone and the El Nino is developing. The, the big thing in the market now, and this is given corn some support, actually, is what this means for the safrina crop. If we start seeing delays to the soybeans, Chip, the market, and this is my opinion, this is why we've seen some of this strength we have, is to encourage them farmers in Brazil to keep seeding that crop. And they have been. They haven't backed off. Um, You know, it's going to be a a hit and miss, but I'll tell you, I think if you take Brazil on a whole, their growing conditions definitely appear to be better this year. But, you know, I mean – going forward because we simply okay. don't have the El Nino, the, the La Nina staring at us. You right. know, we still have just from that, but you know, yeah, we got a long ways to go down there and yep. right now it could, it could go either way. And, and yep. you know, that's what the market's trying to, to, to hammer trying to figure out. Yeah, exactly. How much of an influence are the outside markets, crude oil, interest rates, uh, the currencies, how much influence is that having day-to-day trade in the grains? I, I think the interest rates is the big one, Chip. Okay. I really do. Um, and, and the reason, that's global right now. You've got, you know, importers, let's look at Egypt on their wheat. They're struggling to get financing. Um, it's really taken a market and pushed it back into that hand-to-mouth type buying um, I think the interest rates are, are going to haunt us for a while. And this whole, you know, higher for longer that, that we're being told, I, you know, that's that's a big factor. And I don't think it's just going to be on global commodity trade. I think we're going to start to see it on production in the United States next year. Um, you know, these these interest rates are, are one of the biggest factors. And one of the biggest places we've seen it, Chip, is in, in the livestock market. Um, you know, guys sitting out here and you look at it and it's, you know, it's, you take between feeder cattle and interest rates, it's tacking $80 a hundred weight. And then I'm 
not misspeaking, $80 a hundredweight more to finish out a steer, take it up to 1,400 pounds than it was a year ago. Uh, All of a sudden, you start looking at it and you say, I I don't know if I can stomach this. Well, it's no different than for, you know, a crop farmer. You start to see, okay, I'm paying high interest rates. Maybe instead of three applications of nitrogen, we go to two. You start trimming and, you know, and the thing is, it's, you know, that's a whole bag of worms what that does to yields. But it's no different here than it is to a foreign buyer and anybody who has to, uh, you know, finance their imports. Obviously, they're the ones that are getting hurt the most in this. And it has definitely slowed down global trade. Okay. Okay. So, Carl, when you think about... um, 23 crop corn marketing what's the first thing that you want to that that you want to talk about with clients is is i mean figure out of course how much we've got sold where we need to be and so on but but what do you where do you want their attention you, you know something i'm really pushing on right now chip is is you know with with futures declining and let's face it, they're getting, you know, we're getting a little bit tighter. I'm really telling guys, look, you know, yeah, there's right now might be the market where we, we market the crop, we put in offers, we get it sold, but we, we just make cash sales this year and maybe move on because there is not a lot of meat on the bone for, um, you know, re-ownership. I think we, we, we stick to our guns and, and, you know, right now, unfortunately, without a huge threat, our upside could easily be, uh, uh, you know, limited in this market. It definitely feels like, I mean, look at the, the, the market action we've had in the last couple of weeks. The managed money crowd is not interested in owning corn, soybeans, or wheat right now. Funds are sitting, you know, big, long, or uh, yeah. big, short positions, corn and wheat, and they've held them for a long time. They're, they're now going short on soybeans, a record short position in spring wheat. Hmm. Until we see that mindset change, our upside could be limited because we're only going to rally so much on South American weather at this time of the year. We're yeah. only going to rally so much on, you know, the Black Sea and what's taking place. Barring a huge black swan event, and Chip, very seldom is a black swan event ever bullish for commodities. No, that's right. You know, we could be range-bound for the next several months here. It's going to be a year where I'm telling guys, look, if you can, you know, you'll never go broke locking in a profit. And it might not be the profit you want, but it might be what the market's going to give you. Don't hesitate when you can see it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look out to the December 2024 contract and you see that price at 518 and a quarter, I was going to say 520, but got the the actual close 518 and a quarter. What's your thoughts there? I, I tell you, Chip, I, I I have no problem with starting to make sales out there at that level. Matter okay. of fact, I, I think you know I was telling a few guys you know, 10 cents ago that maybe we should be looking at making some cash sales out there, especially on bushels that you are going to move 
during harvest. Yep. Those should be the first bushels you market every year. I don't Priority care bushels. Corn, soybeans, wheat. That's it. Get those moved and then get sales up to your insurance level. It, you know, it gives you a good good place to get started. And, you know, Chip, let's, let's be realistic. Year after year after year, if you can lock in 518 on corn out of the mm-hmm. field and that's mm-hmm. your worst sale of the year, mm-hmm. It's not going to be a bad year. Nope. I, I'm kind of with you. Are you thinking a, a hedge to arrive on something like that and you set your basis later? I would. I would look at some type of a, a future sale. Um, you know, there's there's different methods you can make, but there is nothing okay. wrong with locking in those futures. But then immediately start yeah. thinking of what you want for a basis and start yep. start playing both sides. Like we talked with the options don't just you know halfway it or and yeah. and wait and forget about the rest. Make okay. sure you have that plan in place. Th- Thirty seconds left here, Carl. What about twelve sixty and Novi beans? Same thing there. I would okay. I would look at it. I mean, you know, we start flirting with the insurance levels, but again, those priority bushels. I would not hesitate on getting some of them moved, Chip. Even with your insurance values, you still got to market that cash grain. Yep. You know, it's it's still, it's a place to start. I wouldn't hesitate. All right. Man, I tell you what, it's going to be fun talking with you guys uh, going forward now that we've got you in the same office. Uh, Carl and Angie Setzer at Consisag Consulting. This ought to be a lot of fun. Congratulations on the move, Carl. Uh, good luck to you. You got a top right. partner there. Good luck. <laughs> I, I okay, we've got it. Carrie Artek up next. My mom's got a new case IH tractor, and it can do it all. Bail hate all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long-lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds and protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Don't worry, he'll be back tomorrow.
Davis just had a little time off today. Uh, we'll be back with us on Tuesday morning. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Uh, it's Monday afternoon. That means it's time for a conversation with Kerry Artak, Artak Advisory. How are you today, Kerry? I'm doing great, Chip. How you doing? Real fine, real fine. Beautiful day up here in northern Iowa, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't forget, go to Artak Advisory. That's A-R-T-A-C advisory.com. Get started on a two-week free trial of Carrie's Daily Service. We got some important markets to cover today, buddy. Let's get started with these corn. Yeah, I'll start with December corn. I've been mentioning on your show how we've had this kind of upper 490s pivot point that is near to midterm. Uh, We pushed through it last week, 497 even, did not close the week above it. I do need to see a Friday weekly settlement this week above 495 and three quarter. And then I see the 551 half level, a realistic two to three month objective. I consider it sort of a by the end of winter, early spring objective anyway, holding above 460 and three quarter long term support. But um, just so you know that if we're unable to close this week above 495 and three quarter, we can ease back to that 460 and three quarter long term support, say by the end of November, where the broader corn futures market can bottom out well in the next year. That is a former six year channel top that we've approached over the last few months and uh, have not closed below it. So it is our floor of long term support on to December live cattle. I've been mentioning this uh market quite a bit over the last few months. There's a three-year channel top that we last tested in early September. We've tested it three times in three months, well above the market now at 193.20. I've been mentioning on your show how I've got a three to five month target in the upper 170s. That's 178.55 right now. That is a one-year channel bottom. But the three-year channel bottom to the three-year channel top at 193.20 is presently at 164.47. And so in one fell swoop, I shouldn't say in one fell swoop, but in about a single day, we fell to that 178.55 level. We put out a near sell signal last Friday. And so here we are, 178.55. This is it. We closed just below it. It's too early in the week to consider it a sell signal. 178.55. If we close above, at or above it on Friday, we can claw our way back to that 193.20 formation over the next three to five months or so. On the way up, 184.37. In reach, I'd say by the end of November, perhaps. This assumes we close the week at or above 178.55. 184.37 can contain at least weekly buying pressures. And if we close above 184.37, then yeah, I do expect that 193.20 long-term resistance again within just another month or two. But as I said, the three-year channel top at 193.20 has a three-year channel bottom at 164.47. And we can fall all the way back to 164.47. That rises to 168 even at the end of the year. And if we close this week Friday below 178.55, I give it that about two to three months Possibly by the end of the year, we fall into the what is now the mid-160s will be the upper 160s by the end of the year. That three-year channel bottom at 164.47, well-equipped to contain selling into spring, perhaps even summer of next year. And finally, January feeder cattle, the same exact 
dynamic, really. I mentioned on your show how we'd been testing long-term resistance presently at 266.27. We did that in early September, mentioning how after testing it, we've got a three to five month target in the lower 230s. That's 233.50 this week. We closed today 235.70. I think we'll likely test 233.50 this week, possibly tomorrow, Tuesday. And once tested, the market could, within three to five months, rally back to that 266.27 long-term resistance area. The clear signal for that would be a settlement at the end of this week above 251.75, which I don't see happening. But if so, then yes, that 266.27 becomes a clear three to five-week objective once again. Now, downside, if we close this week, Friday, below 233.50 January feeder cattle, this thing remains pretty bearish as we move through the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. And I think over the next two to three months, all the 215 even. There's a former 10-year channel top at 217 even. There's a new rising three-year channel bottom at 208. They all come together in early January. And I do think around 215. And I do think if we close this week Friday below 233.50, we should fall into the mid-210s within several months where we could bottom out well into next year. But not unless we close below 233.50. Holding above 233.50 actually allows, as I say, this market to claw its way back over the next three to five months to that really long-term resistance area once again at 266.27. I think, I hope that all made sense, Chip. Yeah. That's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Good work, Carrie. Appreciate it. Boy, what a crossroads for the cattle market. We, uh, we're going to be watching that close on Friday very, very closely for sure. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, sir. You have a great day. You bet. Carrie Artec, Artec Advisory. Okay. Let's get to the National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook. This is for October 29th through November 2nd. Now, when I say that we've got below normal temperatures expected in some areas, it's different shades of blue. Now, the lighter the blue, eh, you're leaning to below average. You got a, a 33% odd to a 50% odds of below normal temperatures. You get into the darker blues, you've got at least a 50% odds of below normal temperatures. And remember what that used to be? It would be below to much below normal temperatures. So the higher the odds of below normal temperatures, you're also looking at a situation where you're falling further from normal temperatures. There is an 80 to 90% odds of below normal temperatures over North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, northern Kansas, western Iowa, Minnesota, western Wisconsin. That's 80 to 90 percent odds of below normal temperatures. We've got below normal temperatures expected over the entire Corn Belt, but the highest odds are up there. Now, below normal precipitation in North Dakota, most of South Dakota, and northern Minnesota, a narrow band of near normal precip expected. Oh, through northern Nebraska, northern Iowa, southern Minnesota, up into Wisconsin. And then we get to above normal precipitation expected across most of Nebraska, Iowa, southern Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, and points to the south there. What that is telling me, what that is telling me is that uh, we might need to start thinking about some snow breaking out in the area there. I said it. I said it. 8 to 14 day for the 31st through November 6th, below normal temperatures, near normal precipitation. All right, come back tomorrow morning. Davis is going to be back. We know that for sure. And I'll be back with you at 10.06 Central here on Agritalk.